You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It's Thursday, August 5th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today, we are joined by Brent Zorneman, longtime reporter for the Houston Chronicle, who first broke the news of Texas and Oklahoma's intention to leave the Big 12 and join the SEC during media days in Birmingham, SEC media days to be exact, two weeks ago. Can you believe what happened since? Like, Brent's going to go down in the Wikipedia page for this for this stuff. This is the scoop of his career. Um, he, he He's going to share a funny story with us about scrambling for Wi-Fi in the build-up to breaking the story and then hitting send and publish or whatever and watching his fellow reporters see the scoop on their phone and kind of catching Commissioner Greg Sankey off guard. It, it, it's funny to hear how it all went down. And then we're going to get into the long-time dynamics between Texas A&M and Texas and, and the old Big 12 stuff and the SEC now and what the return of that rivalry game would mean for the Lone Star State. Brent's hearing that it would be around its normal time slot of Thanksgiving week. And then we're going to chop it up a little bit about how they should make this all work, this new 16-team super conference, whether a redivisioning of of sorts makes sense, like Alabama and Auburn in the East and put Texas and Oklahoma in the West, or whether we should put everybody into pods. I think you're really going to enjoy it. We appreciate him taking the time out uh, of his, what I imagine was a very busy calendar uh, last few weeks to talk to us. All right, joining us right now, Brent Zwornerman. Brent, it's been, I guess, two weeks. Um, this this episode's running live on a Thursday since you pressed send or publisher or, or whatever, and, and you kind of watched the world burn around you in Hoover, Alabama. This is an inside baseball question, but would you just, not to scoop process, but would you just explain to me uh, or relive for me exactly that afternoon? I, I saw you tweet about you were maybe outside the hotel trying to get hotspot Wi-Fi and then the pandemonium that ensued after. Yeah, the timing of that was was coincidental in terms of being uh, of it being Texas A and M Day at SEC Media Days. But talk about having a front row seat to seeing the reaction, and and it all stemmed from get my Twitter timeline. Previous to that story coming out, I had done 10-year anniversary stories on Arbo and Lofton, who was then Texas A&M's president. He had stepped out of a Regents meeting on July 21st, 2011, and said, the Big 12 is in a state of uncertainty. And it was a calculated move on A&M's part to kind of get the ball rolling on realignment. And really, Trey, that was my introduction to Twitter because I sat down on a bench in that Regents building at A&M and tweeted out what Lofton said, and it took off. Well, it was 10 years to the day. And based on me reaching out to all those old contacts across leagues, kind of getting some back and forth going that I was alerted to, hey, you know, you need to check into this. And, you know, the weird thing was, or the timing of it was that I had access to Greg Sankey. I mean, it wasn't a phone call to try to reach him. It was walking down to Radio Row at SEC Media Days and seeking him out. And he he uh, kind of looked at me a little bit startled when I asked him, you know, if Texas and Oklahoma had reached out to join the SEC. And then he, you know, he offered a no comment, you know, and said r- rumors are swirling, but but no comment. And so then we were getting reaction from Texas and we, we got a Texas official to say, you know, essentially no comment checking into it. And then that's when I ran into the situation of having trouble with the Wi-Fi in the Winfrey Hotel at SEC Media Days with all those reporters on hand. Keep in mind, it was Nick Saban Day. It was Jimbo Fisher Day. It was Mike Leach Day. So there was already going to be plenty of news 
probably the busiest day, you know, easily the busiest day of SEC media day. So I was having trouble. Then I tried to link up to my hotspot on my phone out in the uh, second floor lobby or that area. That wasn't working. So I ended up outside in the heat. And I said, you know, I was in a deep sweat when I finally hit send. But it wasn't because I was, you know, it wasn't because of the story. It was because I was actually out in the heat. And I remember kind of looking up at that sign on the outside of the Winfrey Hotel that says it just means more. And then I walked back in with my holding my laptop and my phone and I sat down and I, you could kind of see people looking down at their phones at that time. And Jimbo Fisher happened to be up at the podium at the time. And not long after he got a question about it. And I had raised my hand to ask a question. So he gets a question from, you know, Hey, did you see this Houston Chronicle report about OU and Texas like wanting to join the SEC? And his response was, I bet they would, you know, and people laughed and all those things. And then I had the next question of Jimbo about that offensive line. So, <laughs> so my, my question had been asked uh, previous. So I, I switched to their biggest need of the, of the uh, incoming season. So anyway, that's how it all played out. And, you know, in terms of being on hand, yeah, it was definitely unique in the sense that it took place while at SEC media days, when you, when you have access to the top ranking SEC official and, and you can kind of see the immediate reaction to it all. It was, it was a pretty crazy day. One of the craziest days of my professional career, no doubt about it. Yeah. Great scoop. And, you'll, uh, I guess be remembered forever for, uh, for that Brent. Um, the, the hours that followed were emotional. I remember, um, everyone kind of guessing which SEC schools might vote. No, A&M was a shoe in at that time, or at least we thought to vote. No, um, people said Missouri, people said Arkansas. Did you ever put much stock into that? Of course it becomes unanimous eventually. I didn't, I think from the, from the beginning early on, I had to kind of go back and look, but I thought it would at minimum be 13 to one but also with the idea that that A&M would come around after its early. Keep in mind, they, they, the Aggies were caught off guard, too. And Ross Bjork, the athletic director, was on hand at SEC Media Days. People thought it was some sort of orchestrated event to have A&M right there to answer to it. That wasn't the case at all. If, it, if that had been the case, their answers would have been, I guess, more polished and, you know, as opposed to kind of being surprised by it all. And then I asked Ross Bjork later, I said, people are saying ADs never come to SEC Media Days did you go when you were at Ole Miss? He said, I went to three of them. He said he enjoys those days. He enjoys being around in that setting. So he happened to be on hands. And, and so their immediate early response was they wanted to be the only SEC program in the state of Texas. Well, even when it was reported, I think by the Austin paper that Missouri was going to be a hard no, I was sitting there thinking, no, that's, that's not correct. It's these other programs are going to kind of realize the value of adding these two traditional powerhouses along the way. And at minimum, it's going to be a 13-1 vote. And then within a couple of days, Texas A&M changed its tune, of course, kind of realizing it was going to be the lone wolf and said they trusted the SEC and welcome all newcomers and feel like they're in a good position, especially on the football field right now, to kind of win that series with Texas. So A&M changed its tune. The Regents directed new A&M president Kathy Banks to, to vote in favor. And sure enough, it was a 14-0 vote. And I remember kind of getting ripped early on. People were saying, how is he saying this is going to be a unanimous vote? But I could just kind of see that swing coming at some point when A&M realized it, it didn't want to kind of look like the big baby in the in the corner of the room at some point. We all sort of know how the Big 12 or how A&M left the Big 12. Can we revisit, I don't know, the mid-2000s, Brent? to just kind of get a sense, uh, a big picture scope here of how Texas A&M and Texas feel about each other and that and that relationship. I know A&M wasn't a big fan of the Big 12 at the end. Did they enjoy sharing a conference with Texas during the, the other, you know, what, 20, almost 20 years of it? Yeah, it was A&M used the Longhorn Network as its excuse and believe the Longhorn Network 
tied into all of this is about to celebrate its 10-year anniversary. Enon used that as kind of an excuse to get out. But the Aggies saw what Texas you know, has seen since, how, how much fun it is for them to play in the SEC. I was very selfish from the, very, from the beginning, being kind of the longtime A&M beat writer. My thoughts came down to two words when I heard A&M wanted to go to the SEC road trips. And sure, they've lived up to every bit of those expectations, you know, going to places like Tuscaloosa, the Grove and Oxford, Mississippi, and so forth. So yeah, A&M has enjoyed and I've said all along, it made sense geographically, even if people didn't kind of realize it. I said, you're not flying across a desert. Going back a year prior, they talked about joining the Pac-12 with Texas and, you know, maybe Oklahoma, Oklahoma State at that point. You're flying across a desert to get to those destinations. So it made sense. And early on, a and stance was, we'll play Texas anytime, anywhere. Their idea was to keep it a Thanksgiving game. It's such a big moneymaker. It's the biggest event in Texas. When I heard Texas was coming you know, back to the SEC or going to the SEC, my first thought was, man, the game is back. It was my favorite event as a kid growing up in the state of Texas. So that made me, <laughs> made me really happy. So Texas's response when A&M left the Big 12 for the SEC was, we'll decide when the game is played again. And so suddenly it became kind of a battle of wills, a battle of egos. A lot of those people who were in charge back then a decade ago are, are no longer in those positions. And, uh, and and even though they couldn't agree on playing a non-conference game, now they're going to be essentially forced into playing a conference game. But secretly, A&M folks, Aggies, I've joked that the ones who are angriest about it are also going to be the first in line for the tickets. I mean, the game's going to be back. And the way that programs these days are looking for kind of extra financial boost, especially with NIL and money that might have been going into their programs are now going directly to athletes and so forth. They're looking for ways to make money. And, and the game being back is certainly going to be a moneymaker for both, both both programs. I agree with you. Growing up in Texas, it's like Thanksgiving is is the game. It's pumpkin pie and it's bluebell. Do you think this rivalry is... My sense is that it's going to be nastier than it was, just based on everything that's happened uh, since Texas A&M left for the SEC and then Texas joining. I, I don't get the sense A&M's thrilled about it, but I also think that Texas is walking in here thinking that they're going to just reassume whatever advantage they had over Texas A&M when they were in the Big 12. And I think it's clear that they're behind the eight ball on the field and on the recruiting trail. They assume the SEC naming or branding is going to help them on the recruiting trail. I don't think it's going to be that simple, but I think this is just going to be, I, I, I think for Texas, this, this, this resupplants Texas OU as, as the biggest game. And I think it's, the stakes seem even higher than ever. Yeah, I like that. But I also remember having kind of been a, a long timer in this business. Man, it was nasty before. You know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. like I would say it could be potentially be equally as nasty. I will say, you know, back then it seemed like, and there was kind of, I don't know, you know, we start getting into other topics here, but maybe kind of more loyalty to programs and things like that. And guys were in programs longer, redshirting and kind of learned to really dislike Mama always said, don't use the word hate. So I'm trying not to use the word hate here, but <laughs> to really dislike the other opponent. And man, it was, man, a and versus Texas was just brutal back in the day. And, and in, by brutal, I mean in a good way. And if they can re- kind of recapture some of that in a different era, I think part of it is so much of this is administration types, you know, bigwig types who are politicians and so forth down the line who 
who, who are kind of making it ugly, but I'd wonder how much the players even know about all that, you know, in terms of them actually being on the field. But definitely, as I've, I've kind of joked around, there's going to be a lot of slobber knocking and all that on that, first, especially that first meeting, a lot of pinup frustrations. And I think that's also good for the state because there's kind of a release for all that anger and dislike and everything else associated with this rivalry, as opposed to it just being talk, all talk off the field and recruiting in the living rooms. You can actually get a result out of it now. And for 10 years, Texas has had those bragging rights based on Justin Tucker's field goal, 40-yard field goal in that game in 2011 at Kyle Field. And so Aggies have been gnawing on that ever since and looking for revenge. And uh, as one of my old colleagues said, it's good that they can play every year because they need that reset. If you lose, you want to get that taste out of your mouth, even if it's one year as opposed to, you know, now a decade. So, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be ugly. But, man, back in the day, it was it was certainly ugly as well. 100%. Do you think Texas A&M would prefer a division format where maybe Alabama and Auburn move to the east, or are, are they liking a pod idea? I think a pod with A&M, Oklahoma, and Texas would be too much. So if they went pod, I think you'd have to split that up. What's your take? Yeah, my, my personal hope is, and it starts getting to be quite a bit, obviously, in the divisions, is that Alabama and Auburn do move east, and then you have the eight and eight, you know, the first 16-team super conference. Because the pods, then it just seems, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like too close to the old Big 12 or Southwest Conference if suddenly you say it's Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and A&M, for instance. Uh, I do know, I've been told repeatedly that, you know, no matter what, A&M and Texas will play annually, kind of talking about the financial boon I was just mentioning, you know, one year in College Station, one year in Austin, with the idea that it would be back around Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend. So the rivalry would turn in that sense. But my hope is it would be the divisions, West and East, the pod idea, I guess they're going to figure all that out. But I just, you know, for one thing, I just don't like that name to begin with. But also, if it was those four, I mean, Arkansas was in the old Southwest Conference before leaving for the SEC. So suddenly you're talking about kind of an old reunion. But there's a reason they kind of got away from those setups to begin with. Brent, we appreciate you joining us today. Trey, I enjoyed it, man. Good talk. Thank you. Thanks again to Brent Zwerdeman of the Houston Chronicle. Our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.